Welcome to the Be About Being Better podcast, where we help people make evidence-based, sustainable, small changes for their health that compound into huge shifts towards a better, more vibrant life. I'm your host, Abby Stacier, a health and life coach, future registered dietitian, a master's graduate from Columbia University, and a certified intuitive eating counselor. And I believe that we can't make lasting or meaningful change single-handedly, so I'm so happy that you're here so that together you can see that a diet-free, sustainable lifestyle is possible, and you can leverage that to live a better life. And remember my disclaimer, this podcast is meant to give you general information and it's not meant to substitute or replace medical advice, a diagnosis, or service treatment. Hello, hello, y'all. Welcome back to the Be About Being Better podcast. I have a special interview for y'all today and someone that really is truly near and dear to my heart. And this podcast probably wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for Megan Yelaney, who we're going to be interviewing today. She was my business coach for several years, and her and I actually met in my Beachbody days. And she was my coach during Beachbody. And if you haven't listened to all of my Beep with Beachbody, please listen to that recent episode. Yikes. Uh, but we met during that time and we both got to this point when we were working for Beachbody where we realized this just isn't aligning. This just is not the vibe. This just isn't it. So we both left the company. We both broke away. And Meg will explain in her interview like what she went on to do. And she ended up, uh, she has had a whole wild journey, but she ended up business coaching. And I hired her during COVID. She wasn't my first business coach, but she really helped me take Be About Being Better to the next level and make sure that everything that we do as a company is aligning and from a values-centric place and that we really understand what are our core values as a company and ensuring that everything that we're doing, everything that we're promoting is in line with that core value system and that vision, mission, purpose. She really helped align me with that. And she's just someone that I really respect. She has so much integrity. She's had like six-figure months. Could you imagine making six figures in one month? Wild. That is just wild to me. And she got to this point in her business, realized it wasn't aligning. She wasn't doing it the right way. So she ended up doing a series of things to cut back her income by almost like 70%. And she has rebuilt her business now from a truly aligning place, something that's sustainable, something that's values-driven within herself. I just respect that so much. So Megan has so much integrity and I, I really value her as a mentor. So I'm really excited for her to mentor all of us in this episode together. I hope that you all get a lot out of it and get the sense that Megan is genuine because she truly is. Like I met her in person. I've known her for years. She's just such a genuine person. She wants to help people. She wants to empower people. And she's such a good coach. So this episode is great for literally anyone, anyone that wants to improve their relationships, that wants to live an authentic life that's in alignment and that's living a life of integrity. She opens up a lot about the struggles in her marriage during COVID and how that's improved since. And this episode is also for someone that has a dream that maybe they want to start a side hustle or they want to start a business or they have an idea for something and they have maybe an entrepreneur dream that's, that's on their heart. 
she can help with that and give you some initial steps from from that standpoint. So if you are business-minded, thinking that you maybe want to start a side hustle or start a business, this episode's great for you. And in addition, it's also great for you if you just want to know how to live in alignment and learn how to live a life of integrity. Enjoy. Y'all, I am so excited for this episode. Welcome back to the Be About Being Better podcast. Y'all, we are joined today by Megan Yelaney. Y'all just heard in the intro, she is <laughs> the most fabulous person and someone I really admire and look up to. She's my business coach, and we've known each other for several years, even in my beach body days. So mm. I'm really excited to have Megan on today. She's gonna drop so many like yeah. nuggets of wisdom. Yeah, Megan, welcome. Yay! I'm so happy to be here, Abby. You're just like you just make me feel so good about myself. So I'm coming on here just for an <laughs> ego boost as well. But I'm really pumped <laughs> to be here. I adore you. Um, I just really love working with you. You've become such a good friend. And I feel like it, it, we've seen so many journeys and so many different lives. I feel like we've lived in all the years that we've known each other. And it's, I just love that we're still um, close and still respect each other so much today. It's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really cool to recognize, almost zoom out, like be about being better wouldn't be what it is today if it wasn't for you and your coaching and your different coaching containers. I think I went through your mastermind three times, like three, yeah. maybe four, like each six months long. And mm-hmm. we've had VIP days. We've I've gone to your in-person retreats. Like I've just had so many breakthroughs as far as where to take me about being better. So y'all listening right now, we wouldn't even have a podcast if it wasn't for Megan. Aww. So I just have so much gratitude and appreciation for you. So it's really cool to have you on. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. And it's it's nice to hear that because you like, you know, you do this for the, the bigger purpose. You do this for the ripple effect. So mm-hmm. it's really cool to see the ripple effect of, of our work together, you know, and you did it, obviously, but it's just like, it's awesome. I love, love seeing clients like just oh. keep expanding. Um, and that's the goal, you know, past the coaching. So I, I love being a part of it. And your your brand and your business and your mission is just so incredible and so needed. So I, I adore your your whole business and your people too. Oh, thanks, Meg. I appreciate <laughs> that. But we will dive in with our first question and we're going to get to know you real quick. <laughs> okay. So what is one thing that you've been through in your life that has ultimately made you better since going through it? Ooh. Love this question. And there's definitely a few answers I could have, but I will say for sure, especially more recently, was my husband and I separated. Um, and that definitely at the time didn't know if that was going to be for the better, but 100% was for the better. Um, so we could dive into the details, but that was definitely, um, that was it for us was our separation. Yeah. Yeah. And where are y'all now? How does it feel now because y'all are still married, but where, where are things now? Yeah. Yeah. So we separated in January of 2020 for six months, not knowing we were, had a pandemic upon us. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> we were going to get back together in March and like for three, after three months and start dating and we couldn't because we had to all be quarantined. So we we're like, all right. So we we're going to stay separated a little longer. And then it got to a point where we we're like, all right, we're ready to work on our relationship together. We wanted to work on ourselves separately. And not feel so much pressure to do it together. And with more so me like breathing down his back, like change, make your changes. You know, that's not helping anyone. Um, I look back, I'm like, 
wow, Megan, really good approach, really good approach. I learned a lot. But after six months, we're like, it's all right. growth, <laughs> right? You're like, why did I do that? <laughs> um, after six months, we just realized we needed to actually be in the room together to work on our marriage together. Mm-hmm. And so we got an apartment, sight unseen, that we thought like virtually, but we couldn't go see it <laughs> because of COVID. And so it worked out. My mom had actually like seen the complex years before. And we moved in and two days later was my birthday. Um, so that was fun. And right away things were different. But the next six months were definitely like a roller coaster. It was like learning each other again, like working on new things. And I feel like at the end of the year when we bought our house, which I was like, we're not getting this house unless we are rock solid. Obviously, I almost feel like that's <laughs> more of a commitment than a marriage. <laughs> um we were yeah. like, we're, we just, we turned such a corner and I felt like we turned, I remember talking to our mutual, very good friend, Allie about this. And she was like visiting me and started crying because she's always been such a big like supporter of us and loves us. Um, and she was just like, you guys really have turned a corner and like gone, I, I like visually think of going over a hill that we're not going to go back mm. over, you know, and never say never, yeah. who knows, I, I'm not putting that out there, but It's like, I have such confidence that whatever life throws at us, we're going to be able to weather. And life tested us after that. It threw a lot at us after that. So I was like, wow, we really were meant to go through this to survive these last few years because I don't Mm. think we would have. And our marriage got stronger through some really tough things. We lost his father. I had a miscarriage. Like those are huge life events that happened within two months of each other or three months of each other. And so we would not have been able to... I don't think whether that and we're stronger because of it. We're true partners now. We're not in competition. Mm-hmm. Our marriage is like better than ever. Of course, we still have our stuff because that's just marriage. And we've realized yeah, that too. That's life <laughs> always will be hard, but it's like right. we're, we're a team now. We're a team working on it together and we want to make it amazing. We don't want to settle for like a mediocre marriage. We want it to be really great. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's been a journey and I'm like, wow, I'm so glad that we had that time apart, even though at the time I didn't think we were heading to get back together. I didn't know. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of wild. Wow. Oh my gosh. So many value bombs in, <laughs> in that, so many realizations. And I just commend you for like recognizing we are out of alignment, we need time separately. Because I think acknowledging that, like we can't move forward, we can't change if we don't acknowledge the current reality and yeah. bring that to the forefront, bring that to consciousness because then you can change and make things better and just your commitment to each other. And it's so true. I mean, God's timing is perfect. The universe has our back, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you believe in, it's everything is happening for us in perfect timing. And I think you're right. You needed to go through that at the beginning of the pandemic to be able to weather these other storms down the yeah, line. So totally. Cool. It's pretty wild. When we look back, I'm like, wow, I never thought that was like needed. And and I've done a couple like videos mm-hmm. on it. And one of the biggest things I always say is like, disclaimer, I'm not a relationship coach. I'm not a marriage coach. I've just lived it. And our yeah. relationship coach says most couples shouldn't separate. It's actually like the statistic is very high. I don't know if this is like mm. today, but I did look it up really recently for a video. But you know, Google, where we're getting all these stats. I don't even know. But so the true, Google so true. stat said 87% of couples who separate divorce. That's really high percentage. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Really high. But it's funny. I personally know two very close friends of mine who also separated and then got back together and their marriage is stronger than ever. They went on to have children. Like, so it's just kind of funny that the people I've I've surrounded myself with, we're on that 
and myself were on that other percentage. And I think the reason is you have to really, you have to, I think, especially if you're the woman asking for the separation, you feel like the, your partner is the one who needs, needs to do the work. You have to look at yourself Mm. and go, what was my part in this too? And Mm, that was the hardest for me. Cause I was like, I'm good. I do personal development. I'm great. I got this wonderful business. Like you've got your shit you got to work on, you know, and I'm looking back. I'm like, <laughs> wow. And that was my big thing. I had to be like, what was your part in this? Like, what do you need to work on? Cause you definitely are not mm. perfect over here. So, um, it's just interesting though. So say it's like, I don't necessarily recommend separating because it's not for everyone, but you got to go in with the right mindset. And we definitely did. Yeah. And I don't think it was a coincidence that you had those people in your life to be an example for you. Yeah. I think that that is all kind of divine as well. I heard when I was um, single and dating in New York, I heard something, it might have been on a podcast or you know from someone else, but that men expect women to stay the same and mm-hmm. women expect men to change. And I'm like, that is so true. Yes. (laughs) It's so true. But I like you said, I mean, relationship, I say this to my clients all the time, relationships are a mirror. So anything that we're upset about, anything that's triggering us, it's a mirror, an unmet need in us and something that we need to work on in ourselves. So it's like, oh, if something about the other person is bugging us, it's like, oh, okay, there's, you know. It almost ends up kind of being like whack-a-mole. It's like, oh, there's another thing I need to work on. Oh, okay. (laughs) So you accurate. Know? We joke around all the time yeah. that he's been in therapy for so long now, too. And mm-hmm. we're always like, what are you projecting right now? And I'm like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I hate that we know this stuff sometimes. It's annoying, but it's, but it's helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like y'all are thriving right now. I'll be curious to hear in that six-month period when y'all were separated, what did you do? Because I think this will resonate with a lot of people listening right now because we're mm-hmm. in our healing eras. What did you do during that time to develop yourself, to care for yourself, Mm -hmm. and to reconnect with yourself? Yeah, I love this question. I definitely – health has always been like a really big priority of mine. Uh, Well, since I graduated college, I should say. And so I doubled down on that and I really like prioritized my my, um, exercise routine and specifically like taking care of my body. So like yoga and stretching and things like that, going on walks. Um, and also I really prioritized silence, (laughs) which is something that I used to look at as like traditional meditation, but I realized that doesn't really work as well for me, but just walking and having no headphones in or walking and having no, like, I'm not listening to anything. It's just me. I'm not talking to anyone. I'm not looking at anything. Like that really helped. Something else too is like going on dates by myself, honestly, which was really scary and like, I'm by myself at at dinner, you know, but that really helped. Um, And then also is really surrounding myself with people who were so supportive of the separation, but also supportive of me and Mike. That was like a big thing. I didn't want, which I don't really have anyone in my life. He's really great. So I didn't have anyone who was like, yeah, like screw that guy. You know, like everyone was like rooting for us to win, but my friends were like rooting for us to win, but also really proud of me for taking this time. And like, here, we're here for you. You know, we love him, but like you're our girl. So it was really great to be surrounded by those people who are so supportive um, and who just had similar like goals and values and and morals as me. And I really strengthened those relationships, um, some of which were living near 
nearby me. And I had a couple of clients visiting in person. I had some of my friends come visit. So I just surrounded myself by with those people. And to me, that was actually a lot of personal growth. Um, in addition to the podcasts and the books and all of that, these were more like tangible yeah. things that I think really um, helped me more than I, I realized at the time. Absolutely. Like we really can't date other people if we're not dating ourselves yeah. and setting that expectation because people will treat us how we treat ourselves. Totally. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our relationship with ourselves has to be like first and foremost, and then we set the stage or the standard for how we want to be treated. Totally. And if we're not comfortable being in the silence, I think that's kind of a red flag and something to dive deeper into. Like, Why are we not comfortable? In why do we need to eat while watching a show or eat with headphones, go on a walk and always have our phone with us listening to something or even get ready in the morning and always have to be listening to something or talking to somebody on the phone. Why can't yeah. we spend a Friday night alone and mm -hmm. diving into that? Because silence is so good and so much healing comes out of that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to describe. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, but it was it was very – and even now, like, I, I do that. I try to have, like, an hour of silence a day. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. But it's so simple. Like you said, in the shower, instead of playing music, I just have nothing. Or when I'm putting my makeup on, I just have nothing. Or I go on, like, a few walks a day, one of them, nothing. Like, it's not like I'm adding time to my day. I'm just taking things I'm already doing and just taking out the noise. Mm -hmm. Especially as an entrepreneur, that's, like, helped my creativity a lot, too, which has been great. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah because I think – you're not consuming so much, but you can yeah. really see what's coming from within totally. and bringing that out. Yeah. Yeah. And especially as an entrepreneur, we're processing our story so much. Like we can't take a client down a transformation or as deep of a transformation as we've gone through ourselves. So if we're having these aha moments and these revelations, that's going to come out in our content, but it's also going to allow us to have a deeper transformation totally. to offer that to other people. Yeah. 100%. So good. So good. Well, your business has changed so much over the years. Mm -hmm. So I found you during our Beachbody days. And yes. it was, I recently did an episode all about Beachbody. So our audience is very familiar with <laughs> Beachbody. So I'll be curious to hear from you, what made you want to leave the company? I mean, you were making mm -hmm. significant amount of money with them for yeah. you know MLM standards. What made you want to leave the company and go out on your own? And how has your business shifted from working mm. for somebody else as a health coach to now being a full-time business coach. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's been such a journey. I, I mean, when I look back exactly, that's when you know it's like not about the money, right? Because if it was, I would have probably not left. I probably would have just kept going. But for me, I was like, I feel so like stifled. I was like, I feel like I'm meant to do something so much bigger with my life. And and it was a great jumping off point. I learned so much about business. I think network marketing in general is a, a good place to learn some basics without needing to like create a product or create a service or anything like that. You can learn a lot of business basics in, in a sense if you have a decent upline or decent company. Um, and so I learned a lot, a lot that I got to take with me, which was great and so much experience in all those years. But I was like, I have all this experience. I have all this knowledge. And I went to school for business and marketing. And I can't use it unless someone joins my team and pushes a product that I wasn't really even using as much anymore. Like I still personally drink the shakes and stuff like that, but I just was like doing other things. I was doing other things. I was learning more about intuitive eating and, and things like that. And so mm -hmm. I just realized like my heart isn't here anymore. And so once I 
went and this I was in this interim for a while where I was like dipping my toe in health and mindset coaching and then dipping my toe in that and beach body and both were like okay and both were like suffering and I realized for me I needed to go all in and so I went all in on this other business I pretended I didn't even have that beach body income I literally t- changed my direct deposit to go into an account that I never see that I it's like hard for me to log into so I didn't actually see the money uh, and that lit a fire even though I knew it was coming in, wow. it still lit a fire, which was really interesting. Um, and so that started to take off. And then very quickly, very quickly, probably about six months, I was like, this isn't what I was oh, supposed to quick. be doing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this, yeah. this isn't my yeah. path. Like, And I think I mistook, and I know a lot of people out there, I think you do a really good job explaining this too. A lot of people out there think that just because they've had an experience or a journey or a transformation means that they now need to teach it or coach it or that's their mission. And I get it because you feel so good and you're so excited, but just take a beat and go, is this something I'm supposed to be coaching on? Do I need more education? Do I need more knowledge? Do I even love this? You know, like I was like, okay, so should I go get my certifications and things? And I had to take a beat and I'm like, Megan, this isn't what you want to do. You -hmm. just are passionate about it for your own health and your life. And it'll always be a huge part of you. But you can be passionate about yeah. something and it doesn't have to be your business. It doesn't have to be how you make money, you know? And so I realized pretty quick the reason the business and Beachbody took off, the reason I loved it was the business side. And so I just mm-hmm. dove all into that and it was like pretty quick. It was like, oh, yeah, this is what you're supposed to be doing the whole time. So it took off pretty fast. Yeah. But the reason I think it took off fast, if you if you look at it seemed overnight, was I had built a business and a brand for years with Beachbody. And so I already had a lot of credibility and trust. So it, it really was like four years in the making that transitioned pretty well into business coaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, your whole brand is the pretty awkward entrepreneur and you were your authentic self showing up every single day on social media, whether you're with Beachbody or not. Yeah. Like, you were showing up as Megan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was doing it. I, I always joke around. I was like, I was authentic before it was trendy. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not that it's trendy, but everyone's like, be authentic, be yourself, which thank God. I'm so glad that that's where things are going. I think it's very needed. Right. We all need to do that. But I did it when it was uncomfortable. I did it when like everyone in the fitness industry was like doing the booty pose. And I was like, this feels so weird. I don't want to do this. And and it, I couldn't do it. Like a lot of my good friends were and they rocked it. And I was like, you guys, more power to you because you it, it, it was authentic for them. It wasn't for me. And yeah. it felt so weird. Yeah. And I was like, we're calling this out right away. And that's kind of where it all started. And, you know, then as the years came on, people started to crave that kind of stuff. They're like, we want the realness. We want the reality, you know. And so I think that's where that kind of started to, to come from. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to be authentic to yourself. And you've been in business now. Like I think people look at your success and they're like, oh my God, why aren't, why aren't I there yet? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you've been doing this for like a decade, if not over a decade. Yeah. You know, you've been doing this for a long time. Yep. It's been literally, awesome. I think I signed up for Beachbody in November 2011 and like ran my first challenge group maybe January 2012 or something like that. So it's been like 11 wow. years. Yeah. Like, I mean, we weren't committed the whole time. We were definitely up and down many of those years, but still like some way, shape or form. That's a long time. Like I've learned a ton in those years. So mm. yeah, definitely. You've just worked with so many people. Yeah. And one thing that I've always, I mean, I know I've told you this time and time again, <laughs> but I really admire your integrity. And here's mm. another reason. I mean, you didn't want a health coach because just because you've been through this experience, you've seen amazing transformations physically. Mm. Uh, yeah. 
do you need to be coaching on that? Yeah. I was not supposed to do that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. And then even with your business coaching, there got to a point where, I mean, incredible, an abundance of money was coming your way mm -hmm. and you took a step back and you're like, yeah. whoa, this doesn't feel aligning anymore. Yeah. I need to shift things, but this will require me having to actually give up some income change things around, remodel how I'm doing things, get back into alignment yeah. so that I can relaunch stronger. So if, could you mm -hmm. speak to that and that pivot in your life? And Because it's enticing. I mean, I know there's a lot of yeah. recent grads and people that are in their mid to late 20s, even early 30s that are listening to the podcast right now that are like, mm -hmm. wow, like making more money per month sounds great. It's like, how do we get more money? Okay, we need to spend less or we need to be making more. Yeah. <laughs> we got a couple options there. Um, so having money coming in, Sounds really good, but is it worth it if you know the integrity is not there? So, yeah. could you speak to that pivot? Yeah, totally. I feel like I just ended it, um, my ego death. I feel like it was like a two year ego death. Um, it was hard, it, it, and it's like champagne problems, obviously. But I was like, okay, when my husband and I got back together in June, um, those six months until the end of the year were kind of like. And it's funny, you you and I coach during all of this. And a lot of my clients who I'm so close with still to this day were like in the middle of that and didn't know that we were separated. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, I'm really glad. I still showed up very fully, you know. But something that I realized in those six months that we were back together for till the end of the year was like, I was still kind of trying to operate the way I was before we separated. And it was very clear by the end of the year, we can't. We can't do that. Like if we're going to really make strides, I have to give something up because I was so depleted because I was working so much that by the end of the day, if I – even if I was done at like 5 p.m., let's say, energetically, I was like a zombie. I was like, I have no energy for you. I don't want to talk to anyone. I've been talking all day and I just like couldn't give anything else. And so that was really affecting us, you know? And I just found like I was very my masculine a lot. So I had to work on balancing that, mm. which really affected us. We did a lot of work around that. We joined a few programs that helped us like really dive into our masculine and feminine and embodiment and all that jazz. And that was amazing. Mm. Oh, so, so incredible. Such good work. Um, and I just realized like if I'm going to really say my marriage is my number one, I have to actually like change some things and it has to – I just can't keep going like I've always been. Uh, I got rid of one mastermind and I cut my other one down to eight people and I cut my one-on-one -on -one client load pretty much in half. Like I got rid of almost half of my clients right away. Wow. So full swoop. I was like, okay, we're done. And that means half of my recurring revenue was also gone. And I didn't have a plan to replace it. I was like, a, to build a plan, I get this question a lot. They're like, well, how can I replace that right away? And I say, you know, either you're working on that plan while you're still doing all that stuff. And if you have the time, the capacity, great. I didn't. It was like, I couldn't be burning out and working on a plan to get out. I was yeah. like, I literally don't have the energy or time to work on that. I can only do one or the other at, at a time. So I needed to take a step back and go, okay, let's have the space. Let's have the time to start working on these things. And and it's just been like the last few years has been such a journey. And this year, I actually just recorded a podcast episode right before we got on all about coming back home. And I feel like the last few years have been experimentation and discovery and figuring out what I want and what I don't. And I've been very lucky to have built a very strong brand that 
I could pretty easily sustain myself and more than pay for our expenses, more than pay for all this stuff and save. Um, not necessarily at the level I, I was and that I wanted to, but in a way that I'm like, we're good. And this year feels like a coming back home where I'm actually going back to some things I did in 2020, 2019, but with such a such a better lens. Like, oh, this is how I should have done it. This is how I should, you know what I mean? Um, and in just such so, so much more alignment. And I just realized a lot of the things I had to get rid of. But then what I did on top of that was I changed a lot of what was working that I didn't need to get rid of. And I totally changed it around and I didn't need to. Like I burned it to the ground because we love to say that. We love to say we burn our business to the ground and I didn't need to. I had a great foundation. And so I'm like kind of, it's just like after a few years realizing, and I know a lot of people experience this who are like, oh, I actually didn't need to change that thing. I need to go back to that. But now you're going back to it with so much more clarity and like just more skills, more experience, more expertise. It's just going to be like a 2.0 version. So it's kind of what we're doing this year. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say you got rid of things, was Mm -hmm. this more things in your business or changing up how the program is structured Mm -hmm. or more things personally? Like I need to get rid of like expectations or I need to set boundaries or something like that more personal that was impacting the business? For me, it was the first thing was actually getting rid of programs. And so I got a lot of time back. So I basically cut my time in half. Um, and I just had more time. Like I wasn't on as many calls. I had more space to work on content, to work on other things, to just be with my husband, to work on our relationship. And that's really what a lot of that time was spent towards was just actually working on our relationship. And so that was really huge. Um, and also again, during that time, like when you, one big thing I had to work on was my identity. And that was a really big thing because when you're at this certain point in your business, especially in the coaching world, it can be a little bit, I don't want to say toxic. Uh, but it can be, especially with business. There's this like once you hit a certain monetary level, there's this pressure to keep it up and to keep saying that you're doing better and better. You're making more. You're making more. More equals better. More equals better. And I was like over here, all right, we're getting rid of everything. We're cutting everything in half. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my gosh, like no one's going to take me seriously. People aren't going to look at me as a leader anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how does that reflect your skill set as a coach? Zero. Like there's you cho- consciously chose to do this. Why why would this reflect it? And that's how ingrained that messaging was to me. And so even though a lot of that work was like literally just getting getting rid of some things, it was a lot of identity work of like am I how much money I make? Of course not. Am I my business? Of course not. You know, just like anything, we shouldn't attach our entire identity to anything because if it's gone, we have a crisis. We're like, who am I? You know? And so I started to just like, honestly, as corny as it sounds, find myself again outside of just being someone who makes a certain amount of money. I was like, I don't want my, my worth and my identity to be tied to a number because that's just dangerous. So it's, that's been a huge growth moment for me over the last few years. Absolutely. And whether it's monetary or the number on the scale, I mean, that's something that we talk about a lot on this podcast. If you're tying so much of your self-worth to some number, Mm -hmm. you're always going to be left empty, always going to be left disappointed. And yeah, yeah, it's so important to realize you are more than your business. You are more than a body and you need to focus on other hobbies and other passions to remind you of that and, and yeah. what you're good at and try and get back to that. So, totally. and I know there was a point when you started to get, you know, back to 
singing. You mm-hmm. were in a show when we were in our mastermind yeah. together. Like you really got back to your passions, which was really cool for, for me to see. It's like, oh, you know, I used to dance all the time and now I don't dance anymore. Why is that? So I ended up picking up a ballet class when I was in New York and oh, I need to find a studio here in Nashville. Yeah, but that was really inspiring to me. And But one thing that I was thinking of when you were talking is the concept of hustle culture, Hmm. masculine, feminine energies. And because to be successful in business, you need to take action. Mm -hmm. But there is a line in the sand where maybe you're hustling too much where you're burning yourself out. Yeah. So how do you balance – now that you know and you've had that that data and that experience that being too in your masculine mm-hmm. doesn't feel aligning to you and is actually detrimental to, yes, your energy, but also your yeah. marriage and other relationships as well. How do you balance still taking action mm-hmm. without diving back too much into your masculine and too much hustle culture, yeah. but not being so relaxed? Like things are just going to happen to me where then you not take any action. Yeah. Then you don't do Does anything. Make- no, for sure. I actually made a TikTok uh, that for my account did really well. I was very excited um, recently. And it, it also did really well on Instagram. And it was kind of like, I knew it would be a little bit um, controversial in a sense because of the way I titled it because I wanted to get people to watch it. <laughs> you know what we do. And I think the first line was something like, um, why anti-hustle? In, no, I said why intense anti-hustle culture. That was like the word I was hoping people would pay attention to. But you know, why intense ha- anti-hustle culture is really killing the work ethic of so many new entrepreneurs. And my whole point with that was, I think the pendulum was so much like Gary V, go go go, always work nonstop. Like if you want it, you got to go right. for 10X it. Ten x everything. Yeah, Grant Cardone, ten yeah, x. Yeah. Like that's who we were flooded with, and it was like. All these people, myself included, were doing that and burning out and like sacrificing their marriage and, you know, all that stuff. So that was where we were. And I think we, the pendulum had a swing so far the other way, which was like feel into it, flow, just do it when it feels good. If you don't feel like it, don't do it. And, you know, then you just don't work because I love my job, but I'd always rather watch Netflix. So I, I mean, I'm just saying, you know? <laughs> right. And so I feel like we we swung so that way. And it's like we're finding this middle ground. And one thing I had noticed is I saw so much messaging from people who are really successful, who did put in a lot of hustle and a lot of work. And they're talking now about their four-hour work weeks and their like flow and how they're bringing in all this amazing money by like doing nothing pretty much. And all these new people are following them, expecting those results and literally doing nothing and expecting all these results. And I'm like, they had so many years of building this brand to the point where they could do that. The last two years, I was kind of flailing. I was kind of all over the place and we still brought in a lot of money. (laughs) And I'm like, we were able to do that because of all of those other years. That was like the big point. And actually 99% of the people were like, yes, yes, yes. Thank you for saying this because you still got to work. You still got to put in the work. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's where people are like, oh, I'm just so surprised it's not working. And I'm like, well, how long have you been working it? And it's like, oh, like a month. Okay, keep going, <laughs> keep going. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, I think there's a difference too between the action steps that you take. What's the intention behind it? Yes. And are you taking action steps that are in alignment, yeah. or are you doing something just because you feel obligated to, or you feel pressured, or yeah. there's this fake expectation that you need to do this exactly. so other people can see that you're doing it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. What is, yeah, that's a great point. What's your intention behind this? If it's just to show off or look good, it's never going to – first of all, it's never going to feel fulfilling, and it's like it's never going to be sustainable. 
possible. And so it's kind of funny because now my income goals and our vision is actually so much bigger than it used to be, which is kind of funny. Um, but it's from such a like sustainable point of view. There's not like a specific timeline I have to do it by. There's not this pressure. Like there is this pressure because I think pressure is good in a way to get you going, but it's a healthy pressure. You know, it's a very, it's, it's from such an intentional like vision place for my husband and I together, like where we want to build our, our life and our family. And it's so much more fun that way. But you hit the nail on the head before there's a difference between putting in the work and burning out. And so I think for me, like the signs or for anyone who's listening, like if you are so depleted that you can't give any energy to the people you love, the people you're doing this for, your family, your friends, like things like that. And you're like, I'm a zombie all the time. That's a sign right there. Two is if just the work you're putting out is subpar. I noticed that as well. Like I could work a 10-hour day, but the last three, four hours were not quality. And I wasn't really working. I was like scrolling. And that's another big sign. And I've even noticed this today. When I start to do it, I'm like, okay, I think I'm done for a while or I need to take a significant break for the day. Is if I then start scrolling and I just pick up my phone, I'm like, you're distracted. You, you're tired. You need to go on a walk. You need to go do a workout. You need to go call a friend. You need to be in silence. Uh, it's not that scrolling's bad. Like you could do that. But to me, that was a sign that I was like not going to put out quality work right now. And so also having more blocks and having more breaks, that really, really helps as well. Um, and then honestly, for the feminine embodiment part, I did a whole program on feminine embodiment. It was amazing. Um, is actually doing things that put you in that space. So dance is a great one. Like just literally yeah. – dancing in your house. I dance with my puppy and like, we just have a dance party. Um, that's really helpful. Moving your body, like going on walks, like moving my body, um, letting myself cry as silly as that sounds, literally letting myself have, have a good cry fest helps so much. And also like asking for help when I need it. That's been a big thing. Like I used to think, no, I can do everything myself. I'm, I'm strong. I'm a strong, independent boss woman, you know? And I'm like, I have this husband here who wants to help me and is just like, give me some something I can help you with. So I'm just like, I ask for help when I need it. You know, I don't hold back anymore. Yeah. I'm like, this is what I need. So there's so many more, but those are just a few of the things that are like some signs if you're kind of on that verge of burnout versus doing the work. Yeah. I think it's good for people to listen to that and almost figure out for themselves, where am I on that on that pendulum? Yeah. And I actually just invested this past weekend in a feminine energy embodiment. Oh, I love course. it. I am I'm so excited. And the things that we're doing are exactly what you were just speaking to. Yeah. It's dancing. Like she said, I'm prescribing dance parties at the beginning of all of our calls, but also on the days that we don't have calls, you need to be dancing every day to reconnect with your body and expressing your emotions. Mm -hmm. Like we need to heal. And if you are fully connected to your divine feminine, you need to be expressing your emotions. We can't keep that bottled up. Yeah. So dancing connects us with ourselves, connects us with our bodies, gets us out of our head, back into our bodies, and stop. It helps us to stop looking for external things to fill us up, yeah. but realizing that we can fill our own cup up. Totally. And that that's where home is. That's where the divine feminine lives mm -hmm. is inside our bodies. Yeah. So coming home to that. Coming home. I can't wait to listen to that it's upcoming podcast theme. episode of yours. It's such a theme. And it's like yes. you hit the nail on the head. It's really about being in your body. And one thing we did in the program I was in is we had, uh, which I loved, was temper tantrums. 
Like they were like, okay, mm. you're all going to be on mute and go wild and like scream, hit hit stuff, hit your bed, hit your let. Like don't hurt yourself, obviously, but like just have a temper tantrum like a child would. Like kids got it right. Like these kids, we just need to keep being children in so many ways. That's one thing I realized too is like play yes. and like literally throw a temper tantrum. And so I. I'm glad we're talking about this because I have to do this more often, but I was doing it a little bit after the program ended, but you know how you just kind of lose track. Um, Having a scheduled temper tantrum and being like, I'm going to have a temper tantrum today because I know I need to let this out. You feel Mm -hmm. so much better. Like, and, and the funny thing is when I was like, my husband and I would come back from our sessions because he was in the masculine ones and I was in the feminine and we would talk and his was basically meditation almost the whole time. It was pretty much just Mm -hmm. stillness and like holding the ground, holding the space, holding the structure for the feminine to be her wild, crazy, awesome self. Like that's more oh, the best. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that yeah. so much. I love that y'all were doing that work together. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Because you could be in your feminine, but if we drop into our feminine, mm-hmm. how do we know that the person that we're with is going to step up into their masculine? Yeah. We, don't, we don't know. We can't control that. So I think it's really good that he was getting coached Yeah, that it was well. really fun. We, he's like, basically, we meditated for an hour. <laughs> I was like, but in a good way. It's like, and that's the thing is like so many women I know they'll go and same with me. Like they'll go to meditation right away. Meditation is amazing. It's great. But they'll go to that and think that I thought this, like that's me being like calm and peaceful, but actually that's the masculine that's holding the ground. Whereas the flowy movement, you actually moving your body, that's the feminine, you know? And it, and we all have both in us, like it doesn't matter, you know, what you identify as. Right. It's like we all have both in us. And when Mike and I were at our most, our, let's say our least attracted to each other-ness, we'll put it that way, we were yeah. both in our masculine. I was in my masculine all the time. Mm-hmm. So like he could be physically like, I think Megan's beautiful and physically I'm attracted to her, but I'm not because she's in her masculine all the time. And same for me. I was like, what's happening here? Like he looks the same physically, but I'm not feeling it, you know? And it's it's just the same yeah. that someone could see someone that physically maybe they didn't normally weren't attracted to them, but they turn this like masculine energy or feminine energy on and they're like, oh my gosh, I am like so attracted to this person. What's happening? You know? And it's like, it's the energy. Energy is so huge. Yeah, it's so huge. And we were just talking right before the call and like my audience knows this, that I am recently single. Mm -hmm. And what's so great about you and Mike is that you both were willing to dive into this work. So if y'all are in a relationship right now and you are kind of questioning, is this right? Is it not? You have to ask yourself and be honest and ask your partner, are they willing to do the work that's necessary to get that energy back into alignment and get back to the energy that you had when you were dating back to when it was good back in the beginning? Yeah. Because if they're not, if only one person's willing to work on it, ultimately it's just not going to work. No, that's the biggest thing. Unfortunately, at around the same time, it was funny. My girlfriends and I were in New York City and we went to dinner and it felt it felt like exactly like Sex in the City because we were – it was like six of us and I was – I was saying, I was announcing that I was separating. My friend was announcing that she was getting divorced and one was engaged. The other was like about to be engaged. The other was single. I was like, this is wild. It was just so funny. And so we both were saying these things. And unfortunately, the girl who got divorced, my really good friend, her partner wasn't willing to work on it. He wasn't willing to change until it was too late, until it was like she was done, you know? And in that moment, even though we were literally separating, I was like, I am so lucky because he had been working on himself and we had been working on things for so long. Like he was right away open to open to therapy, open to wow. coaching. 
And I'm like, wow, this is not as common as I thought. And so that's, you hit the nail on the head. Like that was the biggest like reason I held on, even though it was hard for so many years is like, there was always a little bit of progress and he was always willing, you know, if they're not willing Mm. to even have a conversation or even see someone or try, then you can't make someone do the work. They've got to be, they got to do it themselves. Now he's addicted to doing it. It's great. (laughs) He loves it. I love it. I love it. Got to have that growth mindset for sure. Now a couple like last minute questions, speed round. Now for someone that is listening to this, maybe they're interested in starting a business Mm -hmm. or they have an idea for a side hustle, but they're currently either a student or they have a full-time job. Mm -hmm. They have some sort of gut feeling or a vision was kind of placed in them, some idea to start a business. Where do you suggest that they start? Mm -hmm. What is maybe the first, maybe one step or three to five steps Mm -hmm. that somebody should go through to to initially get started if they just have an idea. Yeah. I love this. So if you just have an idea, I think is getting really clear on what is the service that you want to provide or the transformation you want to provide. Because whether it's a product, whether it's a service, whether it's a coaching, there's always people buy things to experience some kind of transformation, even if it's buying a cupcake to enjoy the taste, right? Like it could be that simple. So what are, what is the transformations? And I would write a list. Like I would brain dump all the different things that you've experienced that you would like to help people with. Right. Um, and to help you with this, I would kind of go to like, what do people naturally come to you for? Because a lot of the times the things we end up doing are things that we were always kind of good at, you know, like, my friends always came to me for help and advice and I was always that person that they felt comfortable and safe with and that's a huge part of my coaching, right? And so I'm like, oh, this makes sense, you know, and I'm sure for you too with a lot of what you do, right? It's like, yeah, people are always coming to me for health questions. Exactly. Absolutely. So it's like, what are people already kind of coming to you for that you feel really, you know, just skilled to do? Um, what are some of the things that you feel like you like have skills in, you have credentials in, you've taken classes in or courses in or certifications or whatever it is, um, and combine that, like your your skill set and your expertise with the the what do people actually naturally ask you for? Um, Write out the list of transformations and then kind of go through the list and start to like visualize and imagine yourself helping people with this. Like, is this something that is like, oh yeah, it's fun, like maybe a couple times, but after doing this with five people, I'm going to be like, no, I don't want to talk about this anymore because that's not going to be a long lasting business. And you're going to change. We've all had different versions of our business. But if after like one or two clients, you're like, don't want to do it, like that's a big thing. So really go through and go, what are the things that I'm so excited to talk about all the time that I could definitely keep going? Um, And then after you kind of whittle it down, I would start to, we talk about market research a lot. I would start to actually get on calls with people who maybe fit this ideal client profile, who want to experience this transformation and just have a no pressure, no strings attached conversation with them, asking them about why they want this transformation, why it's important to them, what their problems are, and truly no strings attached. Don't try to sell them. Like You just try to get to know your client from their perspective of where they're at versus just your own experience. And that's where I would start. And and then from there, you can go and create your offer and all those other things. Yeah, I love that. I love that because I think people jump to I need to start marketing. I need to d- d- create content. It's like, whoa, your content's not even going to land with anyone if you don't even know who you're speaking to or what you're going to help them with. Yeah. So don't worry about making reels right now. Just try and, you know, refine how you want to help people. Totally. Um, oh, I love that. When do you recommend that somebody 
invest in business coaching? Mm-hmm. You know, this answer is going to be kind of lame, but it's just, I think, true, is if you can, right away. Um, now, it's going to look different though. Like I don't believe everyone needs a one-on-one coach right off the bat. Um, they're going to be more expensive and there's just so many things that you – foundation building things that you can build and learn in a group format at a much lower cost or a course – And the beautiful thing with that, I actually think it's better to get started in groups because you're going to feel so confused, so lost, so overwhelmed that when you have other people feeling that way with you, it's so much more like, oh, I'm not crazy. This is normal. Like it's normal to feel imposter syndrome and doubts and all that stuff. So I actually really encourage if you do any investments early on is join some kind of group where you have other people at the same level as you at that beginner stage because you just you will feel so supported with them and have that community. I did that off the bat and it was hands down the best decision. Some of them are still my closest friends to this day. Some of them I've coached. Some of them we've coached together. It's been like so beautiful. So that's I, – I honestly think if you can afford it and you can find either a course or a group program, try to get support instead of figuring it out yourself. You could, but you'll get there quicker if you have some support right off the bat. I completely agree. I was in a group coaching program right from the get-go and I loved all of your masterminds because it was a group. You just learn so much from other people and the other ideas that they have and just the group support is amazing. I'm curious, like how many of your clients still have full-time jobs and when do they Mm -hmm. start to leave their full-time job if they want to make their new business a full-time gig? Yeah. I love that question. So all of my private or mastermind clients are all full-time, but that's just because the level of which they join, they're already full-time. I would say it really depends. You know, I've had clients go through my group program and within three to six months quit their job and they're, and they replace it. And then I've had people who it takes them a few years. You know, and it just really depends on their lifestyle, like what they have available time wise to work on it. It also depends on their personality and their, I don't want to say work ethic, but like how they can show up, right? Everyone has different abilities. And so, how much can they? Some people are like, go, go, go. I want to quit now. And they have such a tunnel vision. And some people are like, I actually like my job. I don't need to get out of it. I don't feel that pressure. So I'd rather slowly build. And so it might take them two years, Mm -hmm. but not because they're not doing the work. It's just because they're okay with it taking two years. Like if you are in a job that is so draining, you absolutely hate it. It's sucking the life out of you. You're like, you feel, you just really hate showing up for it, right? And it's just not good for your mental health. Then try to set an exit plan and go, how can I really, for lack of a better word, hustle to get this going and be able to like really dive into something I'm passionate about. If you're like, you know what? I have a good thing here. I have a good setup here. I I feel well-respected. I'm just not super in love with what I'm doing. Maybe you can give yourself a little bit more of a runway, but it so depends. I've literally had three months go full-time, then I've had two years go full-time, you know, or sometimes longer. It just really depends on the person. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I think people have to assess their own lifestyle and their goals, how quickly they want. Yeah to be full-time in their business if that's something they want to do um, and and go from there. Now, where can people find you or is there anything that you're promoting right now? I mean, I've been through your programs. Absolutely. Like I can't like, Aww, recommend I Megan you. more highly. And I think you are so great for people that already have a business and maybe have already tried. You help people get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And you're also so great at helping people right from the start. And I know you have 
programs and offers for that yeah. too. So wherever you are on the on the business stage or in the, on the entrepreneur journey, where what are you promoting? Thank right you now? so much. You're so sweet. Um, so one is always like you're on you're listening to a podcast. So since you're already listening to a podcast, if you want to just hop on over and search the Pretty Awkward Entrepreneur, um, I have amazing podcast episodes there. So much gold there. So much strategy you can go back and listen to. And we always have up to date stuff on what we're doing. So definitely listen to the podcast. And then I have a few things coming out over the next quarter, over the next few months that is really geared towards people in the first few years of their business. So in that beginner stage, I always have stuff for established people ongoing. Um, but the next few months is really going to be dedicated to that more beginner. So if you, that is you, definitely come hang out on Instagram because we're when this comes out, we'll probably have a new freebie for you to download. We're going to have some workshops and challenges coming up all about really signing high ticket clients and building that consistent business and knowing how to show up on social media and creating your offer, all those bells and whistles. So we've got a lot of stuff coming in the next few months. Awesome. I love it. I love it. And to close this out, what is one thing you are going to do this week to make your days better? I love this question. This is so cute. Um, One thing that I am really going to do is, because I need to get better at it, is I am going to be a little bit stricter with my social media consumption. That is... Love I've been that. very good with like my walks and my workouts and my water. Like that is such a habit now that it's like I don't have to think about it, you know. Um, but I have noticed myself popping into that app, Instagram, when I really don't need to. And it's just like a habit. I'm just like, why am I going on there right now? I have literally no – there's no intention. And once in a while, if I want to scroll, sure. But like that's my goal is to limit my time on on the apps this week. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. I need to do that too. (laughs) I was like, oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Megan, for being here. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and all of your wisdom and all of your coaching over the Mm. years. I adore you. I love working with you. And it's just been so beautiful to see this brand like grow to what it is. And you're just, I'm so glad you have this podcast because I I knew this was going to be just a beautiful way to get your message out. So thank you for having me on. I'm honored. Of course. Thanks, Meg. Talk to you later. Hey, y'all. Thanks again for listening to the Be About Being Better podcast. I so appreciate you. If this episode made you laugh, smile, think about yourself or your life differently, in any way making your life better, I empower you to share the show with three people who, just like you, need to hear this message and have this type of transformation in their lives. I personally read all the reviews of the show and see the Instagram story shares and honestly gives me so much joy to see that our mission is making people's lives better and the reviews really do help in increasing our impact so thank you so much for taking the time to do that if you need personalized support with anything discussed in today's episode or need help creating a sustainable diet-free lifestyle take my quiz it's linked below in the show notes and that quiz will help you see which one of our coaching programs is right for you thank you so much again for listening and here's to being about being better